0: It's a, just a, it is old, ancient, wonderful truths. You've heard them, but it's put together in a way that's just a fresh insight from the Lord. I call it the Advocate Intercessor. We're talking about Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Advocate Intercessor. Hallelujah. If you will open your Bible this morning and open it to Revelation 12, 7. I'm assuming, Mark, we're all good to go. All right, Revelation 12, 7. This may be familiar to you. And if you've ever wondered about these verses, get ready for some understanding this morning that'll bless you. Hallelujah. Are we ready? Revelation 12, verse 7. If you miss any of these verses, you know that I'm happy to text or email you the outline. So don't worry about that. But uh, make sure you keep up. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, the accuser of our brothers and sisters, has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony." For they loved not their lives unto death. I don't know if you've ever seen it this way before, but up until a point in time, Satan, the accuser of the brethren, represented us before the throne of God. You may remember the story of Job, the Bible says, when the angels assembled in heaven for an official conference with God. And the Bible says the devil came up from walking among the uh, people of the earth. And he brought up Job. I want you to know that there was a time when the devil appeared regularly before God and he did so because he was your and my representative. He had legal access to the presence of God. And so Satan once had access to heaven. With that access, he would propose trials and attacks against us by exploiting our sins with condemning accusations. He basically flaunted us as his property, boasting that though God created man in his image and likeness, he, the devil, could win them over and steal them from God. He would say before God, in essence, you can create them, but your nature of love isn't enough to keep them faithful. However, I can make them serve me, through my nature of sin. Satan would dangle God's marred creation in his face before him, once again asserting his prideful claim, I can be like God. You need to put it together like that. You need to see that that's what went on until Revelation 12 came when something happened And a war broke out in heaven and the angels of God were commanded to grab that old serpent and all of his filthy demons and cast them down out of heaven. And the Bible says at that moment when that happened, there was never again room for them in the presence of God. But that has always been Satan's claim. God, you could create them in your image and likeness, but look, they weren't faithful to you. Even though you boast of your great love, they, by your love, were not able to be kept in obedience, kept faithful. They drifted off the reservation, if you will. I was able to tempt them. I was able to infect them with my nature. I talked to them. I got them to listen. And as I spoke to them, my rebellious nature my nature of pride, my nature of rebellion against the Most High God, my spirit of independence from God entered into them and sin took hold of them and they've been my puppets ever since. And he dangled those puppets before God. Not just Job, but he once dangled you and I. He dangled everybody before the world. And when I say you and I, I mean you and I as humans, figuratively speaking. Boasting. Boasting. I can control them. You might have been able to make them, but look, I can get them to serve me. Are you listening to me? Man was represented in heaven by the accuser of the brethren. He was without a redeemer. So the accuser was able to represent him. Because we had taken on his nature, he was there in heaven. We did not have an advocate We had an accuser. Do you see that? The judge of the universe had to deal with the accuser representing us. Without an advocate, without a redeemer, without an intercessor, the disposition of mankind hung in uncertainty until this happened. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been cast down. That happened. When did that happen? What was it that made heaven explode with the announcement enough? Now is come Salvation and the kingdom of our God, let the accuser be cast down. Somebody help me. When do you think that happened? Boy, you guys are all sharp today. You would be amazed how many theologians trip over this. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says he triumphed over the devil. Through his cross, through his death. Hallelujah. He rose up. He led a train that had previously been captive to liberty. Hallelujah. As he came up, Michael grabbed hold of the devil. Hallelujah. The angels of God grabbed the rebels and cast them out, said, we don't need to hear from you any longer. The advocate who now speaks for man... The voice of He who speaks for the sons of Adam is coming into the throne of God. Hallelujah. We don't need an accuser. We've got an intercessor. We don't need an accuser. We've got an advocate. Can you say praise the Lord? Man had a new spokesperson. Can you say amen? Jesus' ascension into heaven caused the devil to be cast out. In fact, he was exiled from the presence of God. Think about it with me for a moment. From that moment over 2,000 years ago till today, Satan has never appeared in heaven. He's never been allowed to utter one word before the presence of God. Not one word. Why? Because he who fills all things as it tells us in Ephesians chapter 4. He whose fullness fills the heights of heaven, the advocate, the intercessor, has arisen and taken his place on the throne of eternity where the Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession. Why does the intercession of Jesus that displaces, pushes out, shuts out, exiles the accuser, Why does it constantly go forth 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, on into eternity? Because our Redeemer lives. He ever lives to make intercession. Hallelujah. The Bible goes on to say in Revelation 12, when the devil's cast out, God said, Be warned, inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down to you, and he knows he has but a short time. But our intercessor lives forever to make intercession. Hallelujah. He ever lives. You see, the intercessor is greater than the accuser. I said the intercessor is greater than the accuser because the intercessor ever liveth. But the devil has but a short time. Who is the intercessor? I hear Psalms say, Who is this King of glory? Open up, O eternal doors. Lift your head, everlasting gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Hallelujah. He is the one who is the Ancient of Days. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. The Bible says in Isaiah, when God looked upon the condition of Adam, when He had to put up with the insults of that accuser representing his beloved creation, whom he made in the image and likeness of God. And there was that filthy devil standing with the angels of God, speaking to God, saying, I've got your image right here. I've got your image and likeness right here. Look at him. Marred, ruined, scarred with sin, behaving like a rebellious, rabid animal instead of like the glory and the love and the agape with which he was created. Smearing in the face of God with accusations. His taught that I'm as good as you are. I can do anything you can do. God in his long suffering and his patience knew from the beginning his plan How that Jesus, the I Am, the Almighty, the Lamb, would become the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Hallelujah. And there Isaiah says that God looked upon man. He saw the devil dangling that creation in the face of God and he wondered that there was no intercessor. The Bible says God looked upon the face of the earth. There was no champion. There was no David as there was in the case of David to face Goliath. There was none that could face this Goliath, this giant Lucifer, this giant devil who captivates and kills and slays with the lies of his mouth had a grip on the heart, on the soul, on the spirit of man. The champion could not be a David with five stones in a sling. It had to be somebody sinless with the eternal word of God. Someone who could reach into the depths, into the bowels of man's soul where corruption was rooted and pull it out by the roots and deliver him from sin and change his nature. Who could do that but the creator, the one who made him. Who could redeem man but the I Am who rolled up the red dust of the Garden of Eden, breathed into it the breath of life, stood him on his feet and said, Live! And Adam stood up and lived. And so the Bible says that God looked upon man. He said he wondered that there was no intercessor. So God rolled up his sleeve and he says with his mighty arm, He said, God himself brought an intercessor forth. God brought salvation. God brought deliverance. Somebody clap your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12 that the devil, when he was defeated, was not only cast out, but the Bible says no longer any place was found for them in heaven. As Savior Jesus becomes our advocate. When He rises from the dead, who is this King of glory? The Bible says. As He ascends up, there has never been one like Him. He is clothed in the humanity of Adam, but He is filled with the nature of the I Am. What is this man? Paul writes to Timothy. Hallelujah! He writes to Timothy and he says there's one God and there's one man and there's one intercessor between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. The day that God became a man, Satan's days, his hours were marked. It would only be a matter of time. And when the devil made his move against Jesus, he sealed his own fate. He's so ignorant in his lethal Twisted nature that God knew he could count on him to attack and put to death the Son of God because he is a dog and that's all he can do. The Bible says in Isaiah God created the waster to destroy, knowing that Jesus would ultimately be the object of his destruction, knowing that the devil was literally created to one day crucify the Lamb of God. That's why there's a devil. If you've ever said, Why did God create a devil? He did it so that one could slay the Son of the living God and redeem Adam and bring Adam forth. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Somebody praise the Lord. Jesus, our Savior, has become our advocate and He rose up and removed the devil's right to talk about you and I. Since that day when Satan was cast out, do you realize No devil has ever been able to speak to God about you. I hope this is beginning to settle into you this morning. You think the devil can talk to God about you because he talks to you about you all the time. But God said to the earth when the dragon was cast down, be warned, he's come down to you having great wrath. If he cannot accuse you before God... Where is he conducting his lethal conversation? To you, to your friends. He is upon the earth finding any ear that will listen to him. He is accusing us to ourselves. He's accusing us to one another. Somebody listen to what I'm saying this morning and capture this. It'll change the way you live as a Christian if you understand that you are seated with Christ where the devil never talks about you. He's actually barred and exiled from heaven. God never listens to anything the devil says about you. Even if you've made a mess. And the devil says, hey God, come here, look at at this. Look at what she has done. God doesn't even hear it. You see, God looks at us, mess and all, through a different pair of eyes than the ones in the head of the accuser. The accuser looks at you, constantly asserting you are a failure in sin. But the devil says, I don't even hear you, liar, because guess what? They are not a failure in sin. No matter what mess they've made, they are the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, the advocate... Is before the throne of God. Hallelujah. He's saying, I died for those sins. They are wiped out and wiped away. There is forgiveness for them. And as for their nature, I changed their nature. They may have slipped and fallen into some of the slime down there that they've got to walk through. But there's no slime in them. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. You think I'm lying to you today. You read your Bible. First John chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 says, He that believes in him sins not. Hallelujah. The evil one doesn't touch him. He's talking about in your spirit. You may slip once in a while and fall sometimes even face first into it. Got to eat some crow. Got it all over you. But the Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. No, the righteous fall seven times, he getteth up again, the Bible says. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil has lost his right to talk about you. So why would you listen to him? Why would you let him talk to you? The scripture says in 1 John 4:4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who is the he in the world? That John is referring to. The one that was cast down out of heaven. Of whom we're warned. Be careful. He's come down. He's angry. I'm not listening to him. I don't want you listening to him. Come on church. Hallelujah. I know you're walking in his area of of operation. I know you're behind enemy lines. And you hear him all around you. But don't listen. Did you hear what I just said? You hear Him all around you, but don't listen. You hear Him all around you, but don't listen. The birds are going to fly over your head, but you don't have to let them land in your hair and make a nest. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is the intercessor. Whoever lives to say, they are forgiven, they are child of God, they are righteous before me. I've changed their nature, I've transformed their being. Their mind, blood bought, anointed of God, set upon a rock, hallelujah. <laughs> Names written in the Lamb's book of life. Glory, hallelujah. You see, the Bible says man looks on the outward. Well, honey, so does the devil. Man looketh on the outward, but God looks on the heart. Man's not the only one who looks on the outward. The the accuser. Why does the accuser not have as much power and authority as the intercessor does? When you have fallen into the slime and the mess of the earth and you've got it on you, and you're standing there with with sin on you that you have fallen into, Why does the accuser, who is simply pointing out what he sees on you, why does he not have the force of authority that the truth-telling intercessor advocate has who says they are clean through the blood of the Lamb? Because the accuser looketh on the outward. God looketh on the heart. God said, yeah, I see the slime." And uh, I wouldn't get too used to it because it's going to be gone in a moment when my blood hits it. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? The intercessor, he looks on the inside. He says, I don't see the slime on the inside. I see the blood of my son Jesus on the inside. I see a son, I see a daughter that loves me. In spite of the mistakes they make, they have love for me and my love is in there united with them. They live, yet not they, but Christ lives in them. And the life they now live, they live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved them and gave Himself for them. Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, Jesus is able also to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity, those that come to God by Him, seeing He ever liveth, to make intercession. The devil can no longer stand before God and speak about your sins because Jesus, your advocate intercessor, is filling heaven with his declaration of your righteousness. God doesn't want to listen to Satan anymore. He doesn't want to listen to the accuser, and he doesn't want you listening to him either. Are you are you hearing me this morning? Hallelujah. There's another voice, a better voice. Hallelujah. Hebrews twelve twenty four says, We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And we have come to the blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. The blood of Abel who was murdered cries for revenge, talks about sin, the sin of his brother. But the blood that is over us, Speaks a better word. It says those sins are revoked because their their penalty has been paid. And now I speak of mercy. I speak of grace. The blood of Jesus says, this day you will be with me in paradise. Think of it. The one thief on the one side of the cross said, if you're really the son of God, stop this craziness. Get us, all three of us, off this cross. Reverse this move from earth into death. Jesus paid no attention. But the thief on the other side, he saw the landscape. He saw where he was at. He saw where Jesus was. He saw where Jesus was going. He knew Jesus was moving on up into his eternal kingdom where all of us must pass through the door of death. He knew that when this Jesus passed through the door of death, he would go into the kingdom of God. And he said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, Remember me. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of Abel. The one thief said, come on, stop this. He's clinging to life. He's clinging to the earth. The other one says, we are dying the death we deserve. Lord, let me survive this death. Think about it. Who survives death? He said, Lord, let me survive this death which I deserve. Jesus said, Now you're thinking right. Now you're thinking right. My blood is going to put life in you. You will die and you will live again. You will survive. And we are dead in we are dead to sins in Christ, but we are alive. Don't let the one who once ruled your sin keep talking to you. He has no connection to you. He has no authority over you. He has no place with you. You have nothing to do with him. In fact, God won't listen to him anymore. He doesn't even go before God and talk to God about sinners anymore. Think about it. It's not just Christians. But in the presence of God, the devil can't even go up and talk to him about the sinners that aren't saved yet. Why? Because Jesus is ever living to make intercession and he's praying that you and I'll go tell them. They don't have to dump themselves, dump their souls off into hell when they die. They can receive the advocate now and escape hell and live. Somebody say praise the Lord. the Lord. The Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. After the serpent was cast down, what do they do now? Those that have to live upon the earth, hallelujah. The accuser's no longer accusing him before the Father, but they have to deal with this adversary who's now breathing down their neck. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. First of all, the word overcame. Do you know what overcoming really means? We think to overcome means to apply great effort to struggle, to strive, to run this race, and to win by our effort. But the Bible says they overcame, past tense, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word overcome begins with the word over. You see, those that overcome, they realize that overcoming begins not as an effort or an accomplishment, but it begins as a position. You overcome because you are overcomers. You overcome because the one who did overcome has got your name written there by his hand in the book of life. Why? Because heaven, where you are seated, is over, has come over, has come over the devil who walks upon the earth. Come on, listen to me this morning. You are overcome because you are already seated over the one who has come down to the earth. He was come down to you. God said, he's come down, he's come down. Be careful. Be an overcomer over the one who came down. Can you say amen? You get where I'm going with this thing? You overcome, not because of what you do, but because of what he has done. You will never have your efforts blessed with success if you keep depending on yourself as a Christian. Instead, depend on Jesus as a Savior, and you'll be a Christian. Let me try that again in English. You're never going to succeed trying to be a Christian. Depend on Jesus as a Savior, and you'll be a Christian. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we come down to the question. While we still live upon the earth where Satan has been cast down, how do we apply heaven's victory over him? If the advocate has filled heaven, the advocate intercessor, and he's ever living to make intercession for us, the accuser is cast down. He can no longer talk to God about us. But he's down here among us, and we have to listen to his bad-mouthing constantly. How do we overcome him? How do we prevail? How do we break his hold over others? You have family members. The devil's accusing you, accusing your your sons and daughters, your grandchildren. He's accusing your friends to you. He's saying, i got them. I've got a hold of them, and you can pray all you want, but I'm never going to release them. You see, they love sin. They love rebellion. I've got them. Are you listening to me? The devil's talking to you all the time, saying, all right, so you're saved. But that's as far as it goes in your family. I've got your kids. I've got your mom and dad. I've got your friends. I've got these people that you're praying for. He says to you the same things he said to God. He's never changed his tune. Don't you you understand? The devil reaches. He looks into people that are unsaved and they have that spirit of rebellion and sin in them. And he says, they're mine. He's like the puppet master. He pulls his strings. I wonder what I'm going to do this weekend. You know darn good and well what you're going to do this weekend. You're going to do exactly what the devil wants you to do this weekend. He's going to yank your rope and you're going to go right out that door. You're going to jump on that computer. You're going to jump in that car. You're going to run around with those, those people. You're going to do all those things because guess what? You're not saved. And he's got that sin nature inside of you. And so he is speaking today on the earth to you and to those that are praying for you just like he spoke to God. He's saying, I don't care whether they're, quote, children of God or made in the image and likeness of God. I control them. Look at they don't respond to God's love. They respond to the earthy natural appetites of the flesh. They're carnal because that's in essence what they are. They're fallen, fleshy people. That's what the accuser says. He points out their track record of failure. Look at All their life. He's been this all his life. She's been that all her life. They never change. This is what they do. Do you understand? Every movie that's produced, every TV show has has a hero that's flawed and broken, bound. People that are bound, I mean, even sinners, record the fact that humans are fatal beings, and the devil just says it over and over. So if he's cast down to the earth, and he keeps perpetuating and speaking his claim over the human race, how do we overcome him? How do we change the fact that he claims Susie? That he says Billy is his slave. How can we make Billy to be free? How can we cause Billy to to stop being a slave to Satan? How do we do what Michael and the angels did in heaven? How do we cast him out? That is the question where the rubber meets the road, the practical question we face right now as we celebrate the fact that our Redeemer lives and that the Advocate Intercessor is speaking of us before God, what about those that are not saved? What about the circumstances we're praying for out in the world today? Jesus answers this question when His disciples asked Him about prayer. And He addresses the issue of prayer. When in Matthew 6 and 10... He says, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hold on. Let's go back to the text in the very beginning. The devil ruled. The dragon stood before God, dangles the marred creatures that God has made, accuses them day and night. Until this happens in Revelation 12, 10, now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and His authority and the authority of Christ have come and the accusers cast out. What is the kingdom of God? It's your salvation. The kingdom of God didn't exist until men were saved. Then the kingdom of God existed. The kingdom of God is not somewhere that we're getting into. The kingdom of God is is us redeemed and saved now the kingdom of God has come now the power of salvation has come now the authority has come why what caused it to happen the ascension of the advocate intercessor into the presence of God made heaven say the kingdom is now here the kingdom is here now is salvation so now let's go back to Jesus prayer they said teach us how to pray You walk around, you cast out devils, you open the eyes of the blind, you do all these things. How are these things happening? Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do in greater peace. I go to the Father. Well, how do we pray? He said, pray this, thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Whatever happened in heaven to cause the accuser to be cast out, let that happen in my house. Let that happen on my job. Let that happen in my situation. That's what I'll get into next week. Oh <laughs> We'd like to keep them coming, folks. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. We're going to leave it like a soap opera. Like a soap opera. <laughs> next week, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth. As it is in heaven. How does that happen? Hallelujah. How do we bring the advocate intercessor and his influence to bear upon the earth? You're going to learn next week how you actually bring victory over the enemy. How to see the power of his kingdom come forth. And it is exciting. Hallelujah. God bless you. Close your Bible. Let's stand together. Woo-wee. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is like those special vitamins. They build up in your system. You don't get that kick immediately. You know, yes, it's, it's called sustained release. For some of you in your BC days that used to shoot drugs and everything or smoke whatever it is or however you got it in there, I may be old, but my memory is still pretty good. And I remember that, man, it hits you like a freight train. Boom! Right now. That's the way drugs work. But then it's all downhill after that. But see, with the Word of God, it's called sustained release. It's good going in, but it just gets better. It expands. It takes over everything. Hallelujah. It's like a seed that is planted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's, it breaks through the ground with a little bitty stalk. Then it starts to grow and branch out. Then the leaves appear. Then the fruit. And before you know it, praise God, the birds of the air. Everybody's coming around you. They want to hear what you've got to say. They want to see what's going on in your life. Just because of that little seed of the word that you took into your life. Receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is putting you on a vitamin regimen that's going to empower, transform your life. And provide fruit that others, hallelujah, may open their eyes with. Glory to God.